I was I was a re- I was a little Republican. I was a sixth grade Republican going to school in Belgium, and I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. All right, good morning or evening or afternoon, house guests. Welcome back to Under Our Roof. My name is Grace or Semler, depending on how you know me. I'm Lizzie, and I'm in a great mood. I'm in a great mood as well. We just took Bunny down to our local coffee shop. We can't take Bean because uh, he will incite a riot. He's banned for life. He is banned for life, but Bunny did an amazing job. We got a strawberry iced mocha latte so good there's like little pieces of strawberry i know this sounds weird but there's like pieces of like muddled strawberry in the mocha in the ice mocha it's like the it's called uh is it called the summer fling summer fling yeah yeah. the summer fling our local place has like these little different names for seasonal drinks and oh it's so good it's so delicious and the other thing that put me in the best mood is while we were there getting our our little bevs our little drinky drinks to start our morning (laughs) come back do the podcast there's a song playing, and I swear to God, it was the perfect reference that I've been trying to bring Jax for a song that I'm working on. What are the odds? And I went up to the barista, and I was like, excuse me, sir, what is this song? And he seemed thrilled that someone asked. Oh, really? Yeah, he he was. He like came around. He's like, it's so good, right? Like, this is, it's the song. I'll tell you, it's Rush by Junior Varsity. Never heard this song before. I have heard Junior Varsity before. The song was playing, and I was like, oh, shit. This is exactly the type of uh, vibe that I was thinking of for a song that I'm working on. I have I always go into sessions with like a reference of a song. I don't know if anyone's ever guessed what the reference is, but maybe in the future, if you hear a song, you're like, ah, that was the re- that was the Junior Varsity reference. Then you know you are loyal and you <laughs> and you heard it here first. But like, don't tell anyone. I'm not going to say what the reference song was, but no one guessed it. And I was so relieved because I was terrified that it sounded way too much like the reference. Well, I, I, I thought I was like, everyone's going to hear it. Everyone's going to think that I'm copying this artist. And no one did. I mean, they, they there were other artists that I definitely am influenced by that people guessed, but they didn't actually guess the specific reference. And that's my my fear is that someone would be like, you're a ripoff, a fraud, but it's okay to be inspired. That's the thing. I feel like if people haven't made gone through the process of like making music, then the idea of a reference might seem like you're copying something, but it's like your actual, the notes and the words and the chords in your song are totally different. Yeah. It's just more like a stylistic thing to help guide you. Yeah. I only, It's like the song has already been written. It's like when you get into the session and the production, I'm like, okay, what kind of a snare sound are they using? Oh, yeah. it's very dry. Like this, mm-hmm. I really like... I take it from a song where I really like the feel of it. And then even though the BPM will be different and like the key will be different, all this stuff will be different. I like to just pull some of the instrumentation and the production from there because I'm like, well, then maybe it could create the same feeling that I'm trying to create with this song. So anyway, we're in a great mood and we are not broken up or divorced, even though it seems as though (laughs) this has been a rough week in the land of like queer breakups. I know. I feel like there's way too many to even go into and probably so many that I'm not aware of and don't even know who the people are. But mm-hmm. I've definitely observed. I've counted four this week. Really? Yeah. But you know what? Love is real. And it seems like everyone is is just wanting for there to be privacy and that it doesn't seem like there's too many hard feelings, although breakups are always are always hard. It just it's odd 
something in the stars, something in the water when it's like four in a week. Well, isn't this kind of the season for that though? Like it's the opposite of cuffing season. Cuffing season is a term meaning like the season when all the couples kind of get together. Like maybe you've had a summer hookup that wasn't that serious. And then once it's like time for the holidays, it's Mm. time to like stay indoors more. Valentine's is like a couple months away. I think that's when couples like get together, like in the fall and winter. And then in the summer, people break up because it's like they want to play the field and see what's out there. I mean, it's just all their horizons. Yeah, Yeah. no, it it definitely is. It is. It does come in 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 seasons and in and in cycles. I think it's just um, interesting. I hate the word interesting because it doesn't describe anything. I would say it's uh, it's been eyebrow raising. Eyebrow raising. What are you? No, I'll just say it's been um, attention grabbing for me. I've I've it has caught my attention with so many breakups happening in a week to then sort of look at myself in the mirror and be like, you'll never break up. Aww. You know? Yeah. And, and it's like, I've been through break. Both of us have been through breakups before. Mm-hmm. Heartache is, is brutal. And we've, we've both been through seasons of that. And it's hard, especially for so many like young creators that we've seen and young people like putting themselves out there on the internet, which is so important to see examples of, of queer love. I think it's, really great that that representation and visibility is out there <laughs> and to like look in the mirror and be like that's not you like you're just i'm just not going to go through a breakup again no i don't oh, i, I don't like think so you're not jinxing it by saying i know that, i feel right? like it's people listening are know, probably like, like famous clip, last yeah words. clip it out be like yeah that's what they all say no it is kind of weird it's like kind of funny i feel like we can joke about it because i don't think we've ever been like close to breaking up no like not at all. No, I know that, that. I don't know if we've said this before on the podcast because it sounds so annoying. But Lizzie and I are very, very different people, and we navigate different uh, conflicts differently. We've also all that's true, and also we've like never gotten into a fight. I know. In nine years, we've like literally never fought. But we've had also- disagreements. Like to be like we yeah. disagree. We will like discuss things, but there's never been a point where I'm like, <laughs> like we're fighting. <laughs> Like, screw you, Lizzie. Yeah, I well, know. I think that's less... A, I think we have talked about this on the podcast, but that's, like, less a testament to us yes. as far as our relationship. Like, it's not so much, like, the mark of a perfect relationship is not fighting. It's more our personality types. We are conflict avoidance. Yes, we both hate conflict. And so there's probably times that I've had to have a conversation where I end up, like, shedding some tears. Even though it's not a fight, it's more just like, hey, it's emotional. Like, weeks ago this happened and like now i'm feeling sad about it because i never brought it up and when you like i don't know i can't even think of anything but if i'm out super late because i'm at the studio and i haven't really communicated effectively with you and then throws off your sleep schedule like things of course come up yeah i mean and i'll get like grouchy with you i'll be like oh like but we've just never gone through a period of like we're fighting right now no this is our fight era no (laughs) this is our fight song you know everyone says that like having kids makes that change Uh so who knows in the future yeah i mean that but that's that's also part of a relationship is just yeah choosing to grow together or not or you break up and that's okay as well i've just it's definitely been a a week of some whiplash with these these breakups of the couples i haven't even mentioned which couples because i just assume everyone listening like you probably know no i feel like this isn't the podcast for like the yeah do just look it up you have a phone 
you're listening to this right now, probably on your phone, unless you're driving, because some people listen to this on their commute, in which case, don't get out your phone. But when no. you get to your office, then you can look it up. But Type anyway, in lesbian breakup, lesbian breakup into TikTok. <laughs> yeah, lesbian breakups 2022. And then, you know, there's your there's your little gossip for the day. That's not what this episode is about, though, my friend. That's not why you listen. We'd probably have more of a listenership if we were a gossip podcast, but we're not. <laughs> We are under our roof. We talk about what's going on under our roof. And this podcast is just coming up on two years, a full two years? Yeah, in October. A full two so, years yeah. in October. So and it's almost time, 100 episodes. It's time to start dreaming big, dreaming of the future. You know, something that I've had on my radar for a while is creating uh, video content for the podcast and really trying to to grow it more and more. It is hard as an independent podcast, but we want to spend this episode dreaming big. So this is going to be our dream and nightmare blunt rotation, aka our dream and nightmare guests. Yes, guest hosts. Guest hosts, yes. So we don't have a ton of guest hosts on this podcast. It's not like a podcast where every week we're interviewing people. I listen to podcasts like that, and I think they're super interesting. I found some great uh, influences, voices, resources through podcasts where they bring in people that I don't know already. But this podcast is more like cozy, catching up what's going on at home. And occasionally when someone is with us, like Darren was staying with us a couple weeks ago, we'll have them on as a guest, but we aren't like a guest heavy podcast. That being said, we do think that it's fun to like bring in a fresh voice. So this podcast is imagining mm-hmm. that these people, okay, so the dream yeah, we rotation would yeah. be like ideal guests. And also our, we, we don't know who each other picked. We're, we both picked three dreams and three nightmares. I picked a bit more than three. Oh, you did? I thought we were just supposed to do three. I know, but I got I got inspired towards the end. Okay, okay. That's fine. But I only have three. I actually had a hard time coming up with them. And we also had, it can be specific people, but it can also be like people that have passed away. That's fine because it's just like a it's, and it's not just like people, this is not going to be like what you say at a job interview of like, who would you have lunch with? Like, no. I kind of want it to be a bit more interesting, a bit more flavor to it than that. And it's also some, t- some of our answers, I think, are like categories of people. Yes. Like the other week I talked about, it'd be cool to have a linguist come and talk to us about like mm. the roots of certain words, especially words that like describe queer people. Because I just think that'd be fascinating from kind of an academic perspective. That's I- not one of mine because I already said that I would like to have that person on, but that's like I don't have a specific person in mind, but we have some like that where it's like a category. Great. All right. So should we just begin? Yeah. Do we start with dream? Let's, or- let's start with dream because I think nightmare will be funnier. Okay. All right, so Dream, here's an obvious one. Kiki Palmer is a dream host for me. That's a great one. I have been a fan of hers for a while. I think she is just the consummate entertainer. Obviously, right now she's having a moment with being in the blockbuster hit Nope. But I think even before this, I've just loved all of her interviews. She seems like a real delight, a true Mm -hmm. talent, a hard worker, just so funny and honest Like, she just seems like someone that you could have a real conversation with 
and feel like you got to know them a little bit, even though, you know, there's certain walls up for being such a mega celebrity. I just think she'd be hilarious. I feel like we'd get some insider, like, info about the industry, and she's just incredibly... She's just the best. I just think she's, like, one of one. Yes, I totally agree. She can do everything. That's she's such funny, a good one. She's a serious actor. She can sing. She can dance. Like, she can do everything. Yeah, it's kind of unreal how The energy she for is. that episode would yeah. be great. Titanic, Steve. Titanic. Rose. Lee. I didn't. I didn't even see the movie Titanic. Now that's a disgrace. No. How you ain't seen it, Steve? Everybody upset. Look at all them people talking about. Oh, what? What? Everybody in here know that she should have got up off that bed and and shared it with him. Cause I would have been like, "Come, you better get up here." I'll never get over that scene. She over there looking at him while he freezing. It's been hard to watch a movie of hers since. What was that scene? The bed when they're in the water. So y'all know the scene where it's like everybody's off the boat. At this point, you know, there are people floating gone and there are people also that are using like, you know, some of the furniture from the boat to be able to stay, you know, stay alive in the, okay. on the water. Uh -huh. So they had like a little piece of something. It was like a piece of wood. I don't know. It was something that was holding her up. It was a door that was holding her up. And she over there trying to get him up there barely. And he like, you know... <laughs> And he's just like, I'll stay here, Rose. I'll stay here. Homeboy died holding on to it. She had to pull his hands off. It was so frozen. I'm like, girl, I, you ain't think to take turns. <laughs> she let my brother freeze. <laughs> she had to freeze to death before her very eyes. She watched him. Did y'all ever get that part? That's the cold part about it. She watched my man. You mad about this damn movie, She took though. a nap, Steve. Who is she? Was she in the Kate Winslet, and you know what you did. Okay, I, my first one on my list actually is, like, not similar to Kiki Palmer at all, but similar in the sense of, like, really high-energy, comedic. Um, I picked Drew F. Wallow. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that if, would be really good. If you don't know, Drew is on TikTok. She makes videos, like, taking down misogynists, <laughs> so basically. Good. I think it'd be fun, too, because sometimes we, like, talk shit a little bit on, like, certain people in our past or like certain mm -hmm. negative uh evangelical influences that have been in our lives and i think it would be therapeutic with her to like walk through why those people like are wrong yes. but also i just really admire drew i mean i don't know her personally at all but like i love her videos and she's just like seems like a just really like sharp witty fun but also caring person. Yes. And I think it'd be also really cool to hear more about her. She doesn't talk about herself really that much mm -hmm. um, because she's focused on like providing a public service of roasting misogynists. Yeah. But I think she's not straight. Like, I think she said that, but oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know for sure. And if I'm wrong, sorry, but I think it'd be like interesting to hear about uh, just like more of her personal identity and life and journey. Yeah. And sort of how she became our caped crusader in her i just remember seeing her videos early on like in a parking lot in her car uh -huh. and so quickly i mean she skyrocketed so quickly that that laugh was like oh my uh, gosh became yes. like when you'd hear it on your phone if you're scrolling you just <laughs> knew you'd be like here we go yeah you know because i i do think that like for so many of us got on tiktok and it tiktok exploded in 2020 and 2021 and it was almost like like in Gotham, it's like the superhero we didn't deserve, mm -hmm. but we needed because it became this ecosystem where men 
um, doing the absolute most or least, depending on mm-hmm. <laughs> on your perception, we're just getting away with so much. And then unto us a savior was born, <laughs> and it was Drew in her car, just like taking a shit on these awful men who were just roasting women for being themselves and just being so mean and thinking that they were being so funny. I know. And she just she just handed it right back to them. And that's a great guest. I think she'd be really fun to talk to. If you haven't watched Drew's videos, you're in for a real treat. Like, you could spend hours <laughs> just scrolling back. They're so funny. Anyway, so go check her out. I can link her TikTok in the show notes. If women are stronger than men then why the fuck aren't we allowed to hit them? The amount of people that are pissed at this video is fucking hilarious. You think? (laughs) Do you really think that's hilarious? Okay, let's see if you still find it hilarious after this one. (laughs) This kind of argument really never makes any fucking sense. First of all, you're not allowed to hit anybody. You guys know that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's typically frowned upon for men to hit women for obvious reasons. But legally speaking, you're not allowed to hit anybody. It doesn't really matter the gender. And listen, bro, I don't know what you fucking look like, but you look like a popsicle stick come to life. <laughs> so I don't think you should be threatening to hit anybody, to be honest. But as I was saying earlier, this weird obsession that misogynists have with getting to hit women, bro, check yourself into a fucking hospital. <laughs> Go get fucking therapy. When women say, listen, don't treat me like garbage, cool? And you're like, okay, now Nice. Come over here so I can punch you in the fucking face. You need help. You need help. <laughs> Not only that, but this fucking bullshit ass. You gave me exactly what I wanted. You gave me what I wanted. You wanted attention for being a fucking bitch? <laughs> That's weird, but okay. Also, just a side note. Are you being held hostage? Where are you? In a basement? <laughs> Why do you never blink in your videos? You look like the peanut butter baby, but no peanut butter. <laughs> You look like Tommy Pickles if he grew up and became a bigot. (laughs) This is really hard to explain, but you look like this to me. (laughs) Bye. Next dream guest. I've been mildly obsessed with him for a long time. Also someone who I I knew of before TikTok, but it solidified my obsession once he got on TikTok. Dan Wilson. He's Mm. a songwriter. He's probably written some of your favorite songs that you didn't know about. He, the one I always use as an example, he wrote Someone Like You um by adele Adele. and he's also i mean he's just written for absolutely everybody he's written for halsey the chicks yeah so then this is why i put him on my list is because we were watching a documentary about the chicks the other night and their comeback record which ended up winning them the grammy for album of the year after they were legitimately canceled for saying that they wished that the president george w bush wasn't from texas if you don't know any of that like that's kind of a pop culture story that you might have fun digging into but it was probably like one of the only true cancellations in music for a period and it was for such a bullshit reason and there's a documentary about their comeback record after that fallout and we were watching it because i was so interested and as an artist who's also on the outs within a genre that like doesn't like me i was watching it and then there appears dan wilson like a young skinny dan wilson (laughs) writing this record with them and i was like i knew i liked this guy and he's just he's just the type of songwriter that i would aspire to be which is he's a great listener he can kind of blend into a lot of situations and he can just write from so many different perspectives in cross genres 
that to me is so inspiring. I would love to hear more about his approach to songwriting. He also has this degree of humility that I think is largely missing from a lot of the more prominent songwriters today. You know, there's that, like, what I love about Dan Wilson is that you can he- you don't hear a song and you're like, oh, Dan Wilson wrote on that. It's a fun surprise because he still is able to allow that artist to write in their voice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times I can listen to a song and be like, oh, this was written by so-and-so because their thumbprint is on it. And that's okay, I guess. But there's there's a certain humility to Dan Wilson of like, I don't need you to know that I wrote this song. I want the artist to be at the forefront of that. And that's yeah. something that I would love to be able to do mm-hmm. as a songwriter for other artists one day. I think you already are doing that. And Hope I think so. you will continue to. Okay, my next one for dream rotation is in a very different direction. And don't hate me. I have my reasons. I'm oh, also no. not like trying. I'm giving too many caveats. But like, when I say dream guest rotation, it doesn't mean like dream human being that I think can do no wrong. Like, I'm scared. Just to say, okay, so this is inspired by a movie we watched a few nights ago that's new on Hulu. Jurassic called- World Dominion? No. Oh, um, that was what the most recent movie we well, watched. Well, I said a few nights ago. You're like, I would like to bring on the T-Rex. <laughs> Let's just hear what he has to say. Uh, no, I, inspired by watching Not Okay on Hulu, I would have Caroline Calloway as a guest, which is like, we've never delved into the subject. I also am not like a Caroline Calloway historian. I don't know everything there is to know. I don't have a Reddit account, mm-hmm. although I know there's like a gold mine of discussion there about her. But that being said, the movie Not Okay is like very inspired by Caroline Calloway. I think the writer said you, that. Yeah, you have to say for someone who has no idea what we're talking Caroline about, Caroline Calloway okay. is. Just uh, give us like the log line. Okay. Um, she's a scam artist. Like an influencer yeah, but it's scammer. More Yeah, basically, I'll try to do this in like less than 30 seconds. This person went to Cambridge. Oxford? No, I think it was Cambridge. Um, Went to like a school in the UK and kind of got like... But is American. Yeah, and got like a big following through that and then got a book deal, but then like reneged on the book deal and didn't write the book and then try to like make workshops that were kind of a scam. I mean, like, I don't know. Anyway, has basically... Since reneging on her book deal has, like, had a series of grifts, basically trying to make money as an influencer. But, like, she doesn't really – she's not really an influencer. Like, she doesn't promote brands. That's well, because what, I don't think brands would want to be affiliated with Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think of an influencer as, like, someone who does, like, brand deals on their personal social media. So no, I she has a large social media following, and she uses it to – sell or grift didn't she sell something that was literally called snake oil or something yeah like that? anyway like, she's done lots of stuff like that she also like sold pre-orders for a book like years ago that she never has delivered or written so apparently. why do you want her to be okay why is so, she a dream guest for i just think okay i think people are very fascinated by her i also think that she's definitely like done things wrong like again i'm not saying dream guest equals like perfect human and there's even stuff that's Anyway, I, I'm not trying You're to... You're ex- taking the, the Z-Way approach of, like, you would yes, truly be yes. an iconic guest. Yes, exactly. Okay. You would truly be an iconic guest. <laughs> Wait, Z-Way should have been on my list. Oh, Although yeah, I'm kind of afraid <laughs> she might, like, tear us apart, but... Well, as she should. Yeah. Anyway, um... It would be an honor. Yeah. 
Caroline, okay, so the other piece is that, like, Caroline's really, I haven't actually checked in on her in a while, but, like, she's really gone off the grid. Like, she deleted all her Instagram posts and, like, hasn't really popped up recently, but she was in this movie, Not Okay, like, as her playing herself. Like, she played, like, a cameo, several cameos in the movie, and the movie main character is, like, kind of based on her. So I'm surprised she hasn't, like, popped up recently and, like, talked about that because she tends to be very into, like, self-promotion. But also there's this whole scandal where she moved out of her apartment and, like, left it extremely dilapidated, I guess, and she got sued for, like, not that much as far as lawsuits go. I mean, I work in lawsuits, but just above the small claims amount probably like less than a hundred thousand dollars but still like she got sued for leaving her or also for like back rent i don't know it's a whole thing and then like she filed this like insane response that was like i haven't showed you that i don't think it's like really really i don't know it's like too much to talk about on this episode but so why is she the dream guest? well okay so what i was getting to is that she's kind of like gone dark and then but meanwhile there's like s- continues to be all this stuff about her like this crazy lawsuit her appearance in the movie so i just want to hear like what is your deal like what's your plan mm. what is your current like what's your day-to-day look like at this point like i just think people would want to know i also think that as someone who's conducted depositions before i think you could create a very good line of questioning yeah i, I think actually, so too like that now that you're describing it i'm like yeah, I, I can see the vision for this as you interviewing yeah. Caroline. Like, I can imagine you preparing the interview and being like, all right, let's go. Well, I just think people are like, what? Like, she's just literally disappeared. Like, she yeah. moved. I mean, again, I there could have been updates in the last few weeks that I'm not apprised of. But she, like, went dark, deleted social media, moved out of her New York place. I mean, maybe the answer is, like, darker. And it's like, she's going through a hard time. And I don't mean to exploit that. But I'm just if she's just like living like, taking her grift money to the extent she still has any and like living off Mm -hmm. in the wilderness somewhere like I want to hear about it. All right. So I have two final dream guests that I want to plow through. Well, at least the first one I want to plow through. This one is just an inside joke for the house guests. If you're a new listener, um, I would recommend joining the Discord, which we'll link in the show notes, and asking someone how this got started. I'd like to interview an executive from Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I just want to know like what their plan is for the gays. I mm-hmm. want to know um, what the likelihood would be of our podcast being sponsored <laughs> or for them asking us to like advertise one of their movies. I just There's more I want to know about Disney+. Plus. I want to kind of heal that rift. I think that would be a dream guest. My last, and this is like my more fuller dream guest that I would like to interview, would be 9-11 conspiracy version of me from the sixth grade. <laughs> um, so if you don't know, my dad, I'm going to kind of expose my dad here. So everyone be cool, because I don't really think he listens to the podcast, but whatever. At some point in time, my dad was a Republican. He is no longer. And it correlates directly to when we moved to Belgium and we were away from like American news, which is very... a polarized like you Mm -hmm. have like a left news channel and a right news channel and in belgium it was like the coverage of the iraq war and everything and 9-11 was way more even because it was from an objective belgian like news service or the bbc or something like that anyway as you know whatever the politics of the parents are usually trickles down to the child so there was a point in time when i was (laughs) 
sixth grade. Before your dad. Before my dad changed changed allegiances, which did happen very quickly, and it happened while I was in middle school. I was I was a I was a little Republican. I was a sixth grade Republican going to school in Belgium, and I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. And in my social studies class with Mr. Young, who is a benevolent Canadian man, just teaching social studies in Waterloo, Belgium, he assigned to the class. We had to say if we were pro or against the war in Iraq. And uh, understandably, the everyone in the class was against the war in Iraq, except for ya girl, who <laughs> <It> was pro. <laughs> Didn't you draw diagrams? I don't. I was fucking like pro. <laughs> Grace drew diagrams I, yeah, yeah, yeah. showing So basically, where- we had to put a report together and present it to the class. And I was the only one who was pro-war. And I don't know how I, I watched like Colin Powell's presentation to the UN about where basically it was like, why have we not found the weapons of mass destruction? And all the conservatives were just like touting all these conspiracy theories about like basically like, well, like the Saddam Hussein like magics them away in like little desert uh, trucks Trucks. that are like that are disguised and we can't, but we can see them with x-ray vision from the sky (laughs) that that's where the weapons are and like crazy shit like that. And I fully gave that... (laughs) I fully gave that presentation. Like, I was convicted of this. I was like, (laughs) you guys are on the wrong side of history here. And I'm sure that it seemed insane. And so at the end of the class, Mr. Young was like, Grace, that was such an interesting presentation that you gave. Could I hold on to this? Like, I want (laughs) to... I want to, I just want to take another look at this. Like, I thought you made some really interesting points. And I was like, for sure, Mr. Young, like, maybe you could learn some things. Like, these kids are not, like, these kids are not with it right now. Like, all the other kids at this international school, I think I might have been the only American in my class, uh, were like, Grace, you are a menace to society, and you're hateful. And they were right. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Young took my paper. I never saw it again. I have to assume that he put it up in the teacher's lounge for all the teachers to get like a good cackle out of and to this day mr young if there's any chance you're listening to this i need you to know i don't believe any of that shit that i said i had no idea what i was talking about i was fully 12 maybe 10 or no 11 12 something like that it was a mistake my dad and i have really changed (laughs) a lot thankfully i don't think 12 or 11 year old you had any influence in the sphere so yeah that's it didn't true. do any damage. i don't think i swayed any minds no. <laughs> i think I, I think i just scared the class yeah i'm sure but i think that i would be a dream like just to sit down with me and be like wow okay so tell me more and just to hear the wild bananas mm-hmm. things that i would have said about mm-hmm. where the weapons of mass destruction were as a 12 year old that would have been mm-hmm. a dream guest but we would have had to put on a lot of disclaimers like everything you're about to hear is Hateful and awful and a lie. Mm-hmm. And also from a 12-year-old. Okay, my last dream guest is in a very different direction. I would love to have, this is not possible, but I would love to have a Titanic survivor with memories of the sinking. So you couldn't have been like an infant, but everybody that survived on the Titanic has died at this point, even the babies. So, I mean, babies at the time. Um, so it would have to be like in an alternate universe, but yeah, I just think, I mean, I've Mm -hmm. always, as, as the podcast listeners know, I've always been fascinated by the Titanic and would love answers. It would be the opposite of like a Z-Way-esque interview where I'm conducting the interview. It would just be very much like whatever you want to share, whatever like thoughts you have. I'm all ears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's move on to the nightmare guests. I'll begin with an obvious one. Okay. If you follow me remotely, you're aware. 
my nightmare guest. I think it would be such an unproductive conversation and I would just feel so gaslit and bored and blah and gross would be Judah Smith or Chad Veach, any of those Mm -hmm. like big celebrity Instagram megachurch pastors because you just it's different than like a Joel Osteen who I actually think would be like I believe in biblical marriage the celebrity pastors who have like Justin Bieber and like the Kardashians in their clientele Mm -hmm. I mean I would say like they're as their parishioners but they're like we don't have a church because they don't want to get called out for anything they don't want any accountability they just wouldn't say anything so I think it would just be such a circular conversation I think you'd just be Given the runaround, like, you could directly be like, do you support gay marriage? You'd be like, well, it's really not what I support, but what God supports. And God is for you. And it'd be like, okay, but is he for the gays? God is for everybody. And I'd be like, God damn it. Um, So I think that would be my nightmare. Those types of people, those specific pastors would be my nightmare guest. Because even though you'd think, oh, we're going to get a gotcha. We're going to have this, a deposition. We're going to craft the perfect interview. We're going to really get something. No, they, they are so media trained. Yeah. Nothing would happen. Totally. And you would just feel so angry. And then you would look like the person who is ungodly, quote unquote, because you're the one that's like getting frustrated by not having any answers. So th- they would actually be a nightmare guest. And I would never, uh, I'd probably, if, if we did State of Grace again, I'd probably sit, if they would to agree with it, I'd probably sit down with them, mm-hmm. but it would be just not productive. Okay, my f- the first one on my nightmare list also is in a similar a similar type of guest. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other like this is the only religion sort of one that I have because I I don't know I just don't even want to go there. But uh, I said Allie B. Stuckey oh. um, for my number one nightmare. I don't know if people know who she is, but she just like has. Well, her okay, her her username kind of tells you everything. Her username and like her brand is the Millennial Conservative. Oh, it is. I don't even know. Yeah, that. that's like okay. what her. her I don't thing like follow. Is. Obviously, I don't follow her or like really keep up that closely with her. But I see her stuff pop up sometimes, and I don't know. She just reminds me of like in the Land Before Time, <laughs> the three horn, the Triceratops that like rams its head into everything. Is like. Eh. Three horns don't play with long necks. Like, that's how she is. And so I just feel like it'd be so annoying. And I just don't think she's very bright. And so I think it'd be, like, very circular because I think she, like, wouldn't be able to comprehend a lot of the conversation. Well, yeah, there's just a genuine, like, lack of curiosity or a desire for understanding. Like, you would, it would just, like, hop into the conversation and be like, I know, I know exactly what you think of me and you're never you're not open to like changing your opinion or perspective on anything about me so like what are we doing here like why are we why are we talking yeah because you're not really you're you're more interested in like furthering agenda an agenda than understanding people and fellow image bearers agreed also one footnote to that that i do want to clarify um this is not meant to be a sarah the triceratops slander episode and sarah does actually display a lot of growth and (laughs) she transcends the beliefs of her parents and ends up becoming Mm. a friend and ally to other types of dinosaurs so it's like and that's what we hope for you know and that's what we hope for for Allie, miss stucky as well i don't you know be the be the sarah not the three horn i'm not holding my breath come sarah three horns never play with Long necks. Littlefoot. Three horns never play with long necks. I got one. Yes. 
Rachel Hollis. Oh my god. Rachel Hollis. <laughs> I don't know if you know. I mean, is she's not really similar. She's not Ally B. Stucky because no. I think she's like less political. She's more of like a centrist. I don't think she has like similar. I don't think. I don't. I mean, I think her like way of interacting with the world is sort of like unsavory to me but i don't think she's like anti-gay by any means the way Allie is or yeah but, or she, like, but she's also the variety of person who's like unless there's a conference that is anti-gay in which case mum's the word i will take the check <laughs> i'll take yeah. the track that's true, <laughs> like that's it's true. very like she kind of strikes me as that of like oh like I guess Rachel Hollis to me is similar to a, a Caroline Calloway of just like feels like a, a a grifter of like toxic positivity and a lot of like sort of fat phobia and I don't know that that brand of inspirational girl boss type influencers just always felt like morning breath to me. <laughs> Like, that's just what it felt like. And I think also as someone who is gender non-conforming, it just always felt super conformist of, like, one way of being and, like, one way of, like, doing things and really not a lot of room for variance. It was just basically like, are you sad? That's because you're lazy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like things like that. And there's, like, no room for, hey, like, sometimes you gotta nap and, like, life is hard and, like, take it easy and ordering out sometimes is okay and... Her whole mantra was like, girl, shut up, wash your face. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know that much about her. But everything that I've learned I'm it, it is like, I don't want to, I don't really want to have her as a guest. Just really seems like we would not have much in common to talk about. And I think that as like someone who taps into some of the darker emotions and mm-hmm. and works through complicated feelings in my work and songwriting it just i feel like i we would well we'd just be staring at each other yeah i feel tired even thinking about that conversation wake up it's a new day it's a new week and if you choose it it's a new life ask yourself how would the best version of me live out this day waking up an hour earlier and using that time for yourself using that time to work on your goal you have time you're just spending it doing something else success is about choosing between what you want now and what you want most. I want my bed. Okay, my next nightmare guest is kind of specific, but it's like, okay, I don't know if people watch The Bachelor. This isn't about a specific person on The Bachelor, but like Bachelor, Bachelorette, doesn't matter. Like something in the Bachelor Nation franchise or someone in that franchise who's like fresh off their season and is doing the podcast rotation. You know how like they'll go on a lot of podcasts and their publicist somehow got us mixed up with another podcast. Yeah. And so they're (laughs) coming on. They've been booked on our podcast. They're coming on our podcast and they think this is like a big platform to share their entrepreneurship and their like dreams and goals post Bachelor. And we and we have like no idea why they're on our podcast their publicist like reached out to us and we were like sure (laughs) yeah and then like we're just totally like talking past each other and they're confused why they're here we're confused why they're here yeah why are they sitting in our living room sharing a lav mic between the three of us (laughs) they're just like um they're like uh this doesn't look like nick vial or whatever whatever his name is oh yeah my last my last nightmare i i i I hope that y'all understand like it's we say nightmare, but we don't mean like this person is a nightmare person. There's really no judgment just for given the context of who we are and who they are. It's not compatible. Okay, let's and I don't think that you disagree with the people we've named so far. 
nightmare guest for me, last and final, the LeBrant family. Oh, God. <laughs> and honestly, let's carry that over to any sort of Christian family vloggers. Yeah. I think family, oh my gosh, don't, don't. Don't get me going on this. I do think that we're going to have a reckoning in the way that they did after uh, sh- like Shirley Temple and all the child actors and Judy Garland were mm-hmm. not, were basically stolen from by their parents and like the way that they had to create separate funds so that parents couldn't take all their kids' money. And still, honestly, like children and entertainment is very murky. I know that like Jeanette McCurdy recently came out with like her own story and horrors from like working as a child actor in the industry. So we've seen that reckoning. I promise you it's coming for family vloggers. Yeah. The kids are too young. The industry is too new. But the ethics of it are so dubious. I'm not saying that there aren't family... If there are family vloggers that are doing it in a way that I think is okay, I haven't seen it yet. The biggest ones, I think it's really murky territory. Yeah. Involving your kids, exploiting your kids' lives... For views, for money, you are putting your child to work. Yeah. Having them to understand what subscribing, what liking, what commenting, what sharing is from that early age opens them up to rejection and stress that is undue for a developing mind. Well, and having them in ads and stuff, it shouldn't really be any different than being like working, than the kid working in a commercial. Where it is different because because of those child stars like Shirley Temple, California specifically has really strong child labor laws for that. Like it's basically there's like trust set up that you have to go your money through. And I don't think like I think that people who are family vloggers are able to skirt all of that because it's like a gray area. But yeah, I think there is I think once kids that were maybe born in like 2011. Yeah, 20, between 2010 and 2015, kids that were born in, like, the early 2010s, which is when family vlogging really took off, mm-hmm. in another, like, 10 years or less, those kids are going to be old enough to tell their stories. Yeah, and, and I think we're going to see it en masse. I th- yeah. I, I think that's it's going to be a wave, and the people who supported it and endorsed it and involved themselves in it. Um, I really hope that they end up taking a look in the mirror. So for that reason, I think it would be very difficult to, I think they'd be a nightmare scenario because I think that what they're doing is ethically wrong, but it's also yeah. not my place to comment on somebody else's family. Well, so it's like that murky territory of like, I don't know what we're going to talk about because I don't support what you do, but I also don't know you and I just want your kids to have peace, but I don't know your kids and I shouldn't comment on them. So like, I don't, what are we talking about here? Also, I don't think they support gay rights, so oh, yeah. why would well, they be here? The LeBrant specifically. I don't know about other family bloggers, but I think also, like, it is very different than sharing just, like, you know, a family photo on your Instagram. I know some mm-hmm. people don't share kids' faces at all, and I, like, think that makes a lot of sense probably, but I also have plenty of friends and, like, blogs and stuff that I follow who do, like, share a nice family photo that shows their kids' faces, but it's not at all, like, revealing of, you know, the kid learning to potty train or something like that. Um, And I think, I mean, who knows how I'll be when I'm a parent. Like, I just don't think you can say how you would handle a situation before you've been in it, so I don't know. But I would think that I would be, like, okay with sharing, like, the kid to some extent, like, I don't think I would, like, put an emoji over their face every time. But also, what do I know? Right. But I don't think – I mean, I know that I'm not going to be vlogging my family because I just – I think also just mining your kid for content yeah. is very different than sharing parts of your life within reason, I would say. 
Yeah. You know, well, like, having the kid be like a, a, kid a is source of content. Yeah, yeah, a source of driving views and mm-hmm. clicks versus being like, okay, this is my Saturday at the farmers market and yeah. my my kids there with me. Yeah, is is feels really really different. I think yeah. also like I saw someone talk about like pranking kids and be like, you can't prank someone who isn't in on the prank. Yes, the pranking videos, like the LeBrant family did the prank of like giving their dog away and their yeah. daughter was sobbing. Yeah. Being like thought that they were actually getting rid of the dog. And they can say like, oh, we were all, we all do these, we're all laughing. I'm like, yeah, you can't convince me that like a seven-year-old is a good enough actor that they're sobbing and yet they're like in on the prank. Like there's no way. The power dynamic yeah. is different. You're the parent. That's a child. That's a seven-year-old. You know they don't understand. Like just because you were prank, a, a prank that a child pulls on you is not we're giving the dog away. It's mm-hmm. like a whoopee cushion. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think just always having to ramp it up because you're mining the kids for content. I think just that would be a nightmare. Nightmare guest. I'd be like, I think what you're doing is wrong, and I think time will tell. And I don't want to. It's not like an I told you so type of thing. I just wish people would wise up to it now because i think that it's really gonna fuck up how kids develop i agree okay my last nightmare guest is maybe kind of similar Mm. in a way Mm. so my last nightmare guest is our dogs if they gained (laughs) the ability to speak but like (laughs) nightmare guests yes okay listen if our dogs gain the ability of like speech and conversation, but yeah. they still have their little doggy brains, uh-huh. it's not like they evolved to where they could have a back and forth conversation. Cause like, I mean, I'm the biggest dog lover, but I just think dog brains are not, they just don't operate that way. Controversial. So, I mean, they Hot don't. Take. <laughs> like, dogs are just, their brains are a lot smaller than are ours. Are you saying that, that your dog is dumb? Yeah, a little. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. Like, not just compared to humans or even wow. compared to other animals like dolphins or something or octopi. Yeah, rather like bean. Really... You got nothing on dolphins. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, they're smart. Dogs are actually really smart compared with, like, dogs are a lot smarter than horses. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. I would have thought it was the opposite. I know, because oh. the horses are a lot bigger. But yeah, dog dogs are really smart in the animal world, to be okay. clear. But I'm just talking like, we're not going to have like intellectual conversations with the dogs. Instead, I feel like if they gain the ability to speak for one day, and we had them on the podcast, they would just be like griping constantly about like complaining, they would be complaining. I'm hot. Yeah, they'd be like, I'm hot. I have to poop. I'm doing this like my food. Wasn't- Mail. Yeah. Oh, the males here. Who is that? Yeah. No. I think they would just be and also maybe they would, uh, they would attack us for our exploitation of them for content <laughs> i feel well no i don't think that we really exploit no, we our dogs for content like there are i mean hey and that i don't really know i guess you'd have to write to us at under our roof pod at gmail.com with what you think of uh dog channels and like pet channels and stuff i don't think that's bad at all it's, yeah, a, I don't, it's well, a dog yes unless the dog is famous because of how they're antagonized and how they respond to it. Like, you know how you've seen people that just, like, antagonize, like, a little dog to get them to be mad? I guess. And that's the yeah, I guess. That's more that, rare, though. That, yeah, it is, but... I, th- I think for the most part, dog content and, like, dog public figures are very... It's wholesome, and, like, people like to see the dog being spoiled, like, the dog yeah. being given these special meals and going on hikes, like... But there... I do... I have seen before... Um, dogs and cats or typically like it's a little dog or Mm -hmm. like a cat that maybe was once feral that the owner will like antagonize for a funny reaction sure that would and and that's like what their content there was like a little chihuahua on tiktok that was mostly just the guy kind of like Mm. harassing him and then he had a really funny little it was like an old old chihuahua and had like a funny little bark but see the problem with that unlike with the child family vloggers the problem with doing 
it to the dog isn't that you're filming it. Because the dog doesn't have, like, a sense of personhood that's violated by being filmed. Again, I'm, like, the biggest dog lover. I'm an animal lover. But I don't think that animals have, like, a right of publicity. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't think that they can conceptualize that. Yeah, it's more the it's the human, like, acting correctly and appropriately. Yes. And filming and and documenting their behavior if they are, like, being rude to their dog. Right. Well, if you're, like, antagonizing your dog, it's wrong regardless of whether you're filming it. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're doing something to your kid and then you film it, the filming adds even another, another layer. layer yeah. Right. Wow. Anyway. Well, that has been this week's episode of Under Our Roof. We would like to hear from you. Is there anyone that you would have on our show as a dream <laughs> or a nightmare host? What did you think about our selections? While you're listening, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow wherever you're listening. We are an independent podcast and Disney Plus is not responding to our request for <laughs> to join us. So please, it really helps us out. Thank you so much for listening. We love doing this every week and we will see you next time on Under Our Roof. I love you, my dear, in a sweet old-fashioned way.